Welcome to the Do Business Better podcast, the place for ideas you can implement to achieve prosperity. You'll get insights from successful business people on how they do business better. You'll glean tactics on creating a life and business by choice because we interview real business people who've done just that. Now here's your host, Damian Mason. Hey, greetings, friends, and I'm glad you're joining me here on the Do Business Better podcast, where we celebrate the self-made, and we talk to people who have done just that. If you plow your own way through life, if you command your own ship, if you are a business owner, self-employed, entrepreneur, solopreneur, or strive to be any of the above, you are at the right place, because we will give you tips, lessons, ideas, inspiration, and insights on how to run your own business better. Today's guest is Kenny Abbott. He is a uh, an entrepreneur, and he's in his now five and a half year. So remember what we always hear about this, that uh, the average business does not make it beyond the five-year mark. That's a big, big threshold, so to speak. He's a 31-year-old, which means he's also a millennial. And we hear all the time about these millennials. They got trophies for showing up. They don't know how to work. They live in their mom and dad's basement. And I can guarantee you that that is nowhere close to true about this guy because we're recording this on a Sunday afternoon when he and me are both working. So welcome to the show, Do Business Better, Kenny Abbott. Thanks, Damian, for having us, or having me. Um, I own a painting company here in the Phoenix and Tucson metro area. We do residential and commercial, inside and outside. You know what? I well, I want you to tell me more about that. I want you to tell our listeners more about that because, again, everybody that listens to this show, yeah, they either work for someone and want to start their own thing or they, they work in a senior level thing and they're just wanting to be better at it or they command their own ship. You started doing this when you were 26 years old. Uh, I quit my job when I was 25 years old. I worked for a big, large, you know, Fortune 500 company for less than two years and said, okay, time for me to make the split. So I get this thing of mid-20s, hey, it's time to roll. How did it work for you? Well, I was working with a lot of different sales companies, and sometimes they dock your commissions, and it doesn't make you very happy. It happened time and time again, different company, different company, and I just got tired of it. You know, working and not getting paid. So I said, I'm done with that. I'm just going to do my own thing. And that's really what put me over the edge. Yeah, so you had you had done painting in college. And, you know, everybody had their summer job kind of thing. Mine was a ceiling tile factory or farming or landscaping. You were on the end of a paintbrush for a couple of summers, and you knew how to do this right. Yep, that's right. Uh, that was uh, the harder days for sure. Um, in college, we did a I did an internship, College Works Painting, and they teach you how to, you know, do a few things uh, with the with the painting business, except for the accounting. And one of the ways to make a little extra money is to do some of the painting yourself. And so, saw that, did it, and glad I did because it kind of helped propel me a little bit. All right, so you were selling painting jobs and then doing painting jobs yourself when you're in your early 20s. You're then a salesperson, you're in your mid-20s, and you're not liking the way things are shaping up, and you said, I think I can do better for myself, which is a very common thread, theme, and story with people that start their own businesses. Article that I read pointed out, there's an idea that those of us that break out on our own, especially in early age, are just dysfunctional, that we can't get along with others. And then the finding really is, in most cases, it's just a, a supreme confidence that in self that, hey, I can do better on my own, and I'm not liking the way things are shaping up here by being an employee. And that's kind of what it was for you. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Hit it on the head there. All right. So you're 26 years old. 
you've got your work ethic and a drive. How does it go? What happened? You, you, you quit your job. There you are. And everybody likes to always, they always get asked. I still get asked that question. I'm 49 years old. I'm in my 25th year. And people say, so like, did you get discovered? Or what? They think there's always just some lightning bolt that comes down. Or you find this rainbow and follow it to the end. And that it, you know, they don't realize there's a lot of risk. You probably quit your job and didn't have a damn thing lined up, right? So I had what a car paid off a 2000s, I don't know, 2003 uh, 350Z. And... That was the only thing I had to my name. So I put that car on the line, kind of lied to the banks. I said it was a personal loan and not an actual business loan. They wouldn't give it to me if it was a business loan. Once I got the loan, if I didn't make that payment, they were taking my car. And so that for me was pretty big drive. It, it, it pushed me to work when I didn't want to. Hey, a lot of people listen to this show that uh, command their own ship are saying, kind of lied to the bank. Well, okay, we've all done it. Uh, okay, so you kind of lied to the bank. Not in a fraudulent way. You just uh, got a personal loan instead of a business loan. You grabbed that money and then you used that money to buy supplies? I used that money to uh, pretty much... Use a payoff, uh, the little bit of debt that I had on uh, one of my credit cards. So I went into it with zero debt, with a, you know some credit to my name. Uh, bought, uh, did a little bit of advertising, made, did a few paint jobs, brought in some money, did had a little bit more capital to work with, and was able to somehow climb up the slope that way. Uh, first year, pretty choppy. I would say pretty choppy. <laughs> very very low on the revenue, but I kept my costs really low had roommates, did whatever I could to save a little bit of money initially, took those sacrifices. Uh, having roommates is not always the most ideal. You know, you always have that roommate that uh, you wish wasn't your roommate. You know what's interesting is that Kenny and I actually don't know each other that well. Uh, we met because he has painted uh, two or three properties that we've owned in Arizona. The thing is, my wife has usually handled these things because first off, she's not colorblind, and secondly, I'm on the road a lot. So hearing this story kind of reminds me of me in some regards. First off, uh, we're both about the same age when we launched our own venture. Nobody, uh, nobody like thought, oh my gosh, you know, start your own thing when you're 25. Of course you should because you've got all this. No, it was more just I want to do this. Here's another angle. Uh, I kept my debt very, very low and I kept my living standards very, very, very low because I decided if it didn't work out, I can do about anything and make 100 bucks a day. Because that's all I really needed to make when I was starting out because I had pared down. And then, like you, I also then, I bought my first house. I kept roommates that would pay me rent. I always looked at it as, this is still my first couple of years. I want to make sure that we're doing this right. So where are we today? You got how many crews working uh, for you, with you, on your painting business? I'd say today we have about 25 to 30 people that work for me overall. From people that do the phones to actual painting the houses to the helpers that help the the lead foreman. And in 2018, you were ahead of 2017 by how much percent? In terms of growth? Yeah. I would say we've been growing a steady 25 to 50% a year since the beginning. 
That's amazing. Good for you. People are listening right now saying, wow, man, 50% growth. You know, General Motors can't pull off. Well, of course, when you're when you're selling billions of dollars worth of stuff, it's hard to pull off 25, 50% growth. But when you are a startup and you are got a work ethic and you've got the right things in place, you can grow by 25% a year. I remember uh, the same kind of thing where uh, now... I'm kind of more in a steady, steady plod. I'm not in a uh, 50% growth. You're starting a new venture. Uh, you're going to try something new. You've got the painting thing going. You've got the phone is ringing. You've got people calling up saying, hey, you did a great job over there at the Mason's house. I'd like you to go ahead and paint our house. Send your crew over, do it. What's next? Well, the, the funny thing was I didn't realize this was a problem, but people would always say my windows are a little bit have a little bit of spots on them from the power wash and normally you know that's just part of the paint job we power wash your home and then we paint it and then we're not cleaners well that was a need and so i thought how hard could it be to window wash so we're going to start window washing at the end of each paint job and uh spinning that off into another business yeah window cleaning which uh, i i did when i was in college i had a little window cleaning it was my first entrepreneur uh, maybe not my first one of my entrepreneurial ventures as a kid in the service business i bought window cleaning equipment i cleaned windows for our people for a summer in addition to my factory job and then at the end of the summer i sold the window cleaning equipment to one of my clients worked out great so what trait and I, I i ask a lot of people this i believe there are four traits of success you've got things that make you you what makes kenny abbott go and be a success. And I'm going to guess it comes down to one of these four traits. Your ability to tolerate risk, your drive and ambition, your resilience, meaning your bounce back factor, or your vision. Which one of those four things do you think is most critical? Most critical would definitely be the, the resilience. I, I want to hear down. more. I want to hear more because resilience, the bounce back factor, the uh, the wherewithal, the shall we call it the you won't keep me down factor. You know, I had a in the very beginning, I had a, a buddy that worked for me and wasn't uh, didn't initially graduate high school with a GED. He had to go back and to get his GED and I didn't consider him to be one of the smartest guys. Now he has one of the biggest painting companies um, that I compete with on a daily basis and never in a million years did I think that he would be the, the person that I would consider my rival, uh, not my rival, but you know, one of my peers, a business owner that's doing just as well, if not better than I am. Mm -hmm. And you think it's because his resilience, he, <laughs> he would, he would get knocked down pretty often, actually more than I ever did. And I give him a lot of credit because he bounced back he did what he had to. He kept his costs low. He, you know, we would actually chat back and forth, you know, and he'd be like, "Oh, this happened," and I, you know, we'd brainstorm together on what what maybe he could do to uh, fix his business. And the guy is killing it now. I, you know, I give him a lot of credit for that. It's the resilience that made him who he is today. I honestly agree. I never tell anybody it until we ask that question. I agree that that is, in my opinion, the the big one. You know, risk tolerance, yes. Ambition, you either got that or you don't. I, I find it funny. I make the point all the time, Kenny. Folks say, you're really lucky you were raised on a farm. You learned a work ethic. Well, it ain't like learning how to do long division. You know, it isn't like uh, <laughs> learn, learning, uh, you know, the elements on the periodic table. Uh, you learn a work ethic by working, and then you've got it. But I agree that resilience. So here's the question. Can you learn resilience? Can you learn to have more uh, gusto, learn to have more uh, bounce back factor? Sure. That's what coaches are for. 
you know, in basketball, you know, they, they push you and they push you and, you know, you either give in and you quit the team or they make you have resilience. How much of it's God given? How much of it is personality? What if the, you and I both, uh, you and I both know that there's, uh, there's the kid, if the coach goes over and yells him and knocks him down, he, he, uh, stands back up and says, go screw yourself coach. And then there's the other kid that cries and says it and quits the team. So how much of it's personality and how much of it is uh, teaching? And I, I know we're getting into a little thing here, but this is a real story. You know, I'd say, uh, more than half the population, I feel like they have it in them. Now, whether do, do they use it or not? No, that's a different story, but I feel not everyone has it. Uh, we'd be, I'd be lying to you if I thought everyone had it. It's like everyone has the ability to, to memorize everything and not everyone does. So, yes, you have it, but do they tap it out and bring it, bring out all their full potential? I don't think that happens on a routine basis, but it can definitely be harnessed. It could definitely be pulled out of most people. I agree with you in some regard, but I think fortitude is kind of like work ethic. Again, uh, you, you've got a, a certain amount you either got it or you don't, but you know, uh, there's a lot of folks that fold the tent and go home crying, uh, and then it's easy for them to say, well, I just am not as strong as you. Well, you also, that's probably true, but is that that you couldn't be? It's that you choose not to be in some regards. Uh, when you run your own ship, you get knocked down. So you talked about it. Tell me about some of your getting knocked down stories. So some, you told me before we started recording that you learned a valuable lesson. You've been stolen from. Everybody that's got a certain amount of business uh, history has been stolen from. That's not really knocked down, though. We all get picked once in a while. Did you ever get knocked down? Did you ever get... Yeah. You know, for one, you know, speaking of things getting taken, I used to pay my guys hourly, and then I used to buy the equipment because I thought that was the right thing to do. What I found were the guys, you know, some of their power washers, their sprayers would magically disappear. There goes a thousand, two thousand dollar machine. And that's mine. So figured out that uh, that wasn't maybe the way to go. So instead of crying about it, I just changed my system. So I had them buy all the equipment, pay them a little bit better to compensate for them buying the equipment. Um, some other times that we've been knocked down, I've did a really big project. We completely underbid it. It took up months of our time. And I could have just quit and just say, you know what, guy, we can't finish this job. We messed up. But, you know, once you've gone a certain point, you can't turn back. So we finished the project out. We took a loss on it. And that was probably the worst month that I can think of going back five years. And we lost quite a bit of money on that one. Uh, we've all done things, and I'm sure everybody listening to this says, God, I remember getting into a job that was a nightmare or a project or a client experience, and it would have been easier to walk, but it also, what's it do long-term for your reputation? Uh, or even uh, even just there's a certain amount of what, what also does it say about you if you're willing to just walk when, when the chips are down on stuff like that. Uh, <clears throat> you talked about the bank situation. All right. How is it now? Because everybody listening to this says, I'd like to expand, or hey, I need another $250,000 to do this new thing, or buy this new piece of equipment, or whatever the number is. Move the comma. $2.5 million, dollars $25,000. $2,500 is a lot for some folks, and I'm not in any way uh, discriminating against who might be listening to this show. We all, at some point in our careers, look at our financial situation and say, man, I probably could have done this if I could have got the money borrowed. Is there a money borrowing angle to your growth and development? I would say trying to keep your marketing costs as low as possible because marketing costs is where you can really overspend and really make your bank account go negative quickly. 
Um, and a lot of people, they'll, they'll overspend on marketing, get too many phone calls, not have the infrastructure to be able to take on those extra phone calls. So now you had all the extra business, but you weren't able to capitalize on it. And that was just, in my opinion, not well thought out and a loss of money. Yeah. Now, I am a big preacher that you do need to spend money on your marketing and advertising effort. But you bring a valid point up that if you then get to where you can't even service the calls uh, or, or do the business, but... Uh, I never would counsel anybody just because they're busy now that they should take their foot off the accelerator because when tomorrow right. comes. So what do you do in way of marketing? So we do, uh, we've been doing a lot of pay-per-lead marketing. They're a little bit more expensive, but we're able to turn it off and turn it on at the whim. You know, uh, what are some of those? Uh, HomeAdvisor.com, yeah. Yeah. some of those. But no So like kind of thing, if I go onto a website and I'm clicking through um, home improvement stuff, Noble Paintings information will come up? Yeah, we're not on the the major search engines just because some of those are a little bit more expensive. But as we've been growing, now I'm looking more towards the BBB, betterbusinessbureau.org. Yep. I'm looking more towards the Angie's List, some of the bigger, the Google.coms. You know, we have the infrastructure ready now for taking on the phone calls. So basically not growing too quickly, doing it as uh, as needed. Kenny, it's time for a word from our sponsor. And you're saying, wait a minute, who's your sponsor? Well, first off, uh, Noble Painting, which is you, gets a mention. That's not truly a sponsor. The sponsor is me. That's right, Damian Mason. If you're listening to this podcast and you're saying, hey, I attend this conference every year and they need great speakers to get on stage that have brilliant business wisdom along with a dose of humor, please think about me, DamianMason.com. Kenny Abbott of Noble Painting, 31-year-old entrepreneur, been at it since he was 26 in his fifth and a half year, starting his second division of his business. Employs about 25 people. He's got crews going everywhere. He's growing. He's expanding. He's doing great. He's just what you want to be if you're trying to do business better. Let's ask him some of the rapid-fire questions. Kenny Abbott, do you have now or have you ever had a formal business plan? Not for the painting business, but for other businesses I have and they never got off the ground. Now, there is something that's brilliant. The one business that you have successfully pulled off that you're doing great with didn't have a formal business plan. You had formal business plans for other uh, businesses that never got off the ground. You know, all the other businesses that I try to get off the ground, they we were trying to do it with a partner, or I was trying to do it with a partner. And that makes it a little bit tougher because now it's not just what you want, it's what they want as well. Uh, I agree with that. I don't do well on partnered situations, and I also have never had a formal business plan. I believe that they're great if you need to borrow money. I don't think that formal business plans are necessary to make money. So you've never had one. Do you set goals? Absolutely. And so like a goal for 2019, you don't need to give me the dollar amount, but do you have a dollar, do you have a, a dollar or revenue target? Yeah, we're, you know, we're, uh, we did just a little over a million last year in revenue. Uh, so we're we're trying to grow another thirty percent. So putting that one point three. Okay. What other um, goals do you set besides revenue targets? What's another goal? So other goals, I'd like to make sure that all the managers work for me, make over a hundred thousand dollars each. You know, when you put money in your your employees or your your ten eighty nine people that work for you pockets, that's that's what talks the most. Money talks. Yeah, it makes the people more loyal to you. Uh, professional development goals, anything like that? Anything, of course, you're starting a new business. That has to be a goal. Absolutely. Yeah. Personal, your personal goals? Personal goals, I'm going to try to get in the gym more, but it's going to be a little bit tougher starting a second business, but that doesn't mean I'm going to let my health go off the charts. So I'm going to try to keep being healthy, try to get in the gym you know, three, four times a week. 
Kenny, you're a busy guy, and everybody that runs their own business can say they're busy, and that becomes an overused phrase. I find it myself, and I, I try not to, but I know that it happens. If I pulled four more hours out of the sky each week and just <laughs> gave them to you, because this is something that uh, you even talked about, your, your, you value your time. If I gave you four more hours per week, where would you invest those four hours? That's a good question. So four hours, I would probably put three hours towards drumming up new business, doing callbacks, uh, looking into different ways that we could do advertising, bringing in more business. And then the, that last hour is uh, actually one of my secrets to where, why I'm able to do everything is you know self-reflecting. I, I sit there and I think about almost on a daily basis, uh, I try to, and think is the method that we have in place, is it the best method with what is out today that is a great piece right there dear listener that's the nugget you were looking for reflection on am i doing things right what can we do better is what you're talking about you're saying being critical analysis of your business if you had one hour a week more you would spend it that way the whole hour absolutely so when you do that now with the time you have you come up with uh you look at some things that are not right and you find you know i you know, that's where the, the window cleaning business came out of that thought. You know, we had a problem, dirty windows. The solution was we could either hire someone to do it or I could just start a business and do it my own. <laughs> One last piece of advice, knowledge, or lesson you want to leave with our people with? One last bit of advice. Um, what have you learned in five and a half years that you didn't know going into it? You know, one of the things is... Start something that isn't completely like an out, like do a simple business to where you know that if you put your heart and soul into it, you're going to succeed. So it could be a massage business, could be uh, something, you know, something service oriented where you have repeat customers. You just want to keep it as simple as possible and, and just work until you're successful. And work harder than your friends. Work harder than people that you know. And people say you're working too hard. Don't listen to them. <laughs> we'll leave it there. Keep it simple and work harder than your friends and peers, which in many cases won't be that hard to do. And when people tell you you're working too hard, don't listen to them. That's fantastic. Kenny Abbott, if these, anybody wants to find you and keep up with you, Noble Painting? You can find us at uh, Arizona Noble Painting. Uh, we have a phone number you can call or text, 480 442 9762. All right. Thanks for joining us for the Do Business Better podcast. Till next time, I'm your host, Damian Mason.